Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 8, Episode 9. So far, so good. The book, Star Trek and X-Men, Planet X. The year? It was like 1999 or something, I don't care. I only like Star Wars ones. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. Captain's Log Supplemental. It's Expounded Universe. I'm Jeff. That's John. How you doing? (laughs) You didn't even give the star date. What kind of supplemental log is this? Captain's Log Supplemental Stardate 49212.594 Delta. How you doing? Not so good. <laughs> I've been deltaed. A bad hand, but I'm rolling with it. Fair enough. I, I always forget how Stardates work. I think it's six digits. I have no idea. I've never known. Yeah. At some point, one of us should do star dates just to figure it out. It's a great idea. It's a good bonus content concept. Yeah. Uh, did you know that at patreon.com slash system mastery, you can get bonus content like that for the show? Well, are we actually doing the ad stuff at the beginning of this episode? That's actually smart, and that's what regular podcasts do. I know. It's Not weird. us. We're dummies. No, I just do it whenever it happens to come up naturally in conversation because I don't want to force That anything. felt very natural. It did. Yeah. And you know what else feels natural? Mm-hmm. These underwears that I've got from MeUndies. They stretch in 16 directions. <laughs> this micromodal fabric. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to start the show with an ad, it should be for a dragon mucks into a bar because that book comes out in two weeks. Two weeks. Our book. Yeah. So if you're a listener and you were hoping to buy something nice for the holidays for someone unsuspecting. <laughs> well, try and find <laughs> something else. But if you were looking for a shitty gift that you want to <laughs> give your nerd friend. As it gets closer and closer, I like to maintain the illusion that the book's any good. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you want to if you want to help us out, you can buy that book for a reasonable price. I think it's like 15 bucks for the soft cover. And How not, reasonable? You know, like 10 bucks for the digital. Uh, you can find that on Amazon, Simon & Schuster, anywhere books are sold, and uh, it would help us out a lot. More pre-orders means we might get to write another book someday, and even though that book is a shotgun assignment to write uh, jokes, uh, next time we may get to pick the topic, and that would actually be really rad. It would. Yeah. So help us out. Buy our book. Now, otherwise, John, uh, here we are talking about chapters 24 through 26. Yeah, now of- that we're actually into a part of the book where things happen... It's no longer just a interminable amount of like two characters talking to each I mean, other. It's still that. It's, it's just, still I'll that. I'll tell you what, it's a terminable amount of that now. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that's still happening. This uh these chapters provide us with two different times where Crusher does that. Just hangs around talking to someone. Yeah. Just makes little discoveries. Oh, the fascination. I mean, Michael Jan Friedman really went ahead and was like, no, the concept for this book is, what if the X-Men and Star Trek The Next Generation crew talked to each other? You know what? I'm all 100% on board with what Jan Friedman's doing, because while this book is boring, uh, it, it is very similar to both mid-90s X-Men and TNG. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dead on. What's TNG but a bunch of people talking in hallways? <laughs> and every what once else? in a while someone says, on screen, and they pretend that they got hit by a missile. That's... And the X-Men is a lot of sitting around talking about relationship problems, usually while doing a jump kick. Oh, I mean, the X-Men is basically just the comic book soap opera. Yeah. 
it's just a million characters and they all have little problems with each other. Yeah, and they're all great. in love. No, if if you're like, oh, I don't want to get into comics because I'm not into the whole like beefy people punching each other. I'm like, dude, read X Men. It is straight up just a soap opera that occasionally someone shoots a laser beam at someone else. Yeah, you just have to watch out for the character of Beef Punch who. <laughs> is an X-Man who is only about being beefy and punching people. Yeah. Actually, I, I, the first thought I had was Strong Guy is pretty much that, but then I was like, oh, no, wait, he has a whole bunch of, like, secret pain and no, stuff. No, he has so much depth <laughs> to so, him. He's not even an X-Man. He's an X-Factor member. Yeah. Is he? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. X-Force? Uh, no, he's X-Factor. I don't think he was ever on X-Force. Extreme? He's not an Extreme. He's not an Excalibur. He's not an Ecstatics. He's not an exile. Either version of the exiles, whether we're talking the dimension hopping exiles or the group that had a juggernaut leading a team from Wild Stored Comics. Generation X. Uh, <laughs> he's not in Generation X. He's not in the U Men. He's not in Magneto's famous M Men either. Mm, men. Mm. <laughs> it's raining men because they're up on an asteroid base. It's raining men because that's my mutant power. <laughs> That would be a prey. <laughs> <laughs> I create humans and make them fall from the sky. That's my mutant power. Uh, specifically, only men. I've named myself the Weather Girls. P- people will get it. They'll get it. So, yeah, you're right. There are things happening, and I guess we should talk about them. But it opens straight up with an old school Captain's Log supplemental. And at least now we get the description of, all right. We don't really have any weapons or shields, but we can still move. Hey, this doesn't have the start in it either. Yeah. I am vindicated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Conharact has weapons and shields, but can't move. Yeah. So at this point, they're just sort of like, well, neither one of us can really do anything to the other, because the Enterprise just stays out of a firing solution, mm-hmm. and the Conharact can't get hit by anything because they don't have weapons on the Enterprise. That but they work. have their super shield still, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. So they're just sitting there. Yeah. And... Uh, that's that's basically all it's there to do is say, yeah, the sabotage worked, but we can't blow up the ship or do anything. What they should do is they should just get a tractor on it and tow it into the sun. <laughs> that's what they should do. That's, it feels pretty obvious, right? Tractors are the one thing you can do to a, a shielded ship. They'll try to scatter your tractor beam but with a field dispersal or something, but you can get a lock on them and just Ooh, tow, tow their dumb asses into the sun. Scatter that tractor. <laughs> just push them into the sun. Uh, it's how Superman solves his problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. He gets a tractor. He puts it into the sun. <laughs> he gets real mad at Pa Kent, and he throws his tractor into the sun. Yeah. I mean, geez, the Kent farm loses more tractors that way. <laughs> if it's the the current modern incarnation of Pa Kent, it's because he got real luxury and was like, I remember the sound of the Lang family horses melting, and that's why you can't help people. What? <laughs> Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go walk headlong into a tornado to make a point. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure the Snyder Cut will fix that, though. (laughs) So, uh, the only other bit of information we get from this is that the Enterprise has at least sent a message out to Starfleet. Mm -hmm. So, even if something goes wrong and, like, the Enterprise blows up or whatever, they've gotten a message out. Yeah, so someone else will come along and help. Although, I mean, come on, who else ever actually does anything in Starfleet? Well, I mean, even they were the closest ship, and they were like four days out or two days out or whatever. Yeah, nothing useful. I mean, presumably, they knew it was going to be a more than one ship job, and so when they sent the order, they also contacted the second and third closest ships. Yeah. And we're like, Chuckles, Fat Boy, get in there. (laughs) Oh, Chuckles and Fat Boy. (laughs) 
Yeah, the the SS Chuckles D. <laughs> it's a, Chuckles it's a, D. It's a clown ship. It's mostly they have so many people on board that ship. You would not believe it. <laughs> Completely stuffed. Isn't Chuck D a guy? Maybe it's that ship. Maybe Chuckles was full legal. Chuck name. D. Yeah. Maybe that... you're thinking about Mike D. No, I, I am I okay. That's fair. I thought uh, Chuck D was a member of like the Fat Boys or something. Ah. Uh, but any in, at any event, in any event. At any event. You'd think that Starfleet would be like, well, yeah, you're the closest ship, so you're going to be the vanguard. Get out there. We will automatically, of course, send backup because we're not dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's all the, sar- the the supplemental is for. Yeah, that's it's just letting us know what the situation is. Yeah. And then we go over to Dr. Crusher and Archangel. Yeah, uh, because they've managed to teleport uh, or transport, excuse me, mm. off the Conorock to have uh, Troy, Archangel, Nightcrawler, Data, uh, Banshee, and a couple of people who didn't die. Yeah, Troy wasn't over there. Troy, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Troy. Uh, Worf. Worf, thank you. Uh, they've gotten off the ship after successfully completing their mission, and Archangel's real fucked up because he jumped through a force field. Yeah. So, because he basically just had an energy field materialize inside of him while he was flying, uh, Crusher was like, I expect this guy's going to be out for a while. Yeah. But then he's like, hey, what? Huh? Who? What's going on? Let me go. I got to go help. I got to do stuff. I gotta I, uh, uh, ooh, I got to get out there real good. Oh, help me out. I got bird bones. Don't you know how important I am? And, and much but- like Beast always does, he just immediately goes, I'm a founding member of the X-Men. <laughs> no one cares. No I one, like No that- one's ever cared. <laughs> I like that Angel and Beast are the ones who have to remind people. Uh-huh. It's never like Cyclops goes, I was one of the founding members. He's just like, I'm Cyclops. Everyone knows. It's a, it's a standard. If you never got famous, even though you were a founding member, Wasp does the same thing. Yeah. I was a founding Avenger. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Great. Good. Good. Did anyone notice? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was very small. <laughs> so small. <laughs> just... I mean, the fact that at the time I was working with Giant Man wasn't really helping anything. So. <laughs> no. No, but that, that's and Hawkeye, I think, is also the other one who does the same thing. I was a founding Avenger. I don't, yeah. I, that's just because they were need, they needed a, a guy with a van. <laughs> also, Hawkeye wasn't one of the founding ones. Oh, you're right. No, it, it was, was Iron Man, Giant Man, Wasp, Thor, Hulk, and that's it. Yeah, you know, uh, Doctor Druid and Doctor Druid famously and <laughs> Doctor Druid Pinsky in the background. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, Tr- Crusher is talking to Archangel, who, of course, immediately tries to bolt from the table and go help. Uh, he can't, and she's like, this isn't even making any sense, because you are very fucked up. And he's like, no, I'm not. Look, I'm fine. Let me go. Oh, wait, I am a little fucked up. Yeah. He is far better than he should be, and, of course, she's like, all right, well, that's weird. I assume this is probably because you got that, like, nanotech nonsense mm-hmm. in you. You got all that apocalypse all up in your blood meets. <laughs> And he he doesn't give a shit or even acknowledge that. You have apocalypse in your blood meets. Go see the nurse. <laughs> Go do cocaine about it. <laughs> uh, so he's like, well, let me help. No, you can't leave. Well, okay, at least let me go sit on the bridge, because I am very good at predicting what the X-Men will do. I'm a founding X-Men. You see, as a founding X-Men... 
How come you're not in charge if you're a founding X-Man? Ah, uh, well, I quit a bunch of times. And got uh, there, I was evil a couple of times. I kept getting written off because I'm not interesting. <laughs> I don't have powers <laughs> that really do stuff. It turns out flying is kind of a baseline at the superhero level. Yeah, they really had to turn me into a metal wing dude that shoots stuff just so I'd have anything going for me. Yeah, every time I'd pop up at a, a superhero convention and be like, what's up, bitches? I got wings and can fly. Fucking Hawkman would come over and be like, yeah, I'm you, but I have an infmetal mace. <laughs> and then a million other people would be like, I'm you, but I don't need wings to do it, and I have powers that aren't that. <laughs> and then I'd cry. So anyway, Storm, who also can fly and has weather powers, is clearly the one who should be the leader. Yeah. But she was like, look, you you stay here. You stay in our cellular regeneration bed, mm -hmm. and I will talk to the captain and see if he will allow you onto the bridge. Mm -hmm. and he's but like, I don't think it's very likely. And, you know, at least he's like, all right, you know, that's all I can ask of you. You know, he's not being as much of a dick as he has been in the rest of the book. Yeah, so that's nice. Uh, and I believe she's going to be true to her word and go ask him, but it's not the next thing that happens. Yeah. No, I mean... The other thing he does is, because this sets up for later, I wanted to get it in now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. does tell Crusher about Professor X. Yeah. In a very obtuse way. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yes, uh, I was one of the first X-Men by, led by Professor X. Let me explain Professor X to you. Mm. He's he's basically mutant Luther King. <laughs> or even just mutant Luther. <laughs> It's, it, you, you take he your had pick. 95 mutant theses. <laughs> Each one more feces -y than the last. Oh, wait, did you say theses? <laughs> I always say theses. <laughs> uh, no, he's... So he explains the basic concept of Professor X. Oh, he is the best of us. He is a leader and a savior and a visionary and a geneticist. And, and oh my gosh, is he ever a great guy? We're not going to mention that he is consistently portrayed as sort of a piece of shit. I mean, uh, <laughs> it really depends on who's writing, because either he is the most boring person imaginable, or he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, but this this is important to Crusher, as we will find out later on in the story. It's also important to the cover of this book, as it turns out. I mean, out. finally. <laughs> yeah, we finally get some explanation for that. So, you know, she's going to go talk to the captain. But I believe at that point we go check in with... Uh, Sovar and Shadow Sovar. Cat. Yeah, so... Sovar is so good. Oh, shit, I think it changed the title of this episode. <laughs> uh so we are checking in with the uh enterprises so far not the jaldian planet mutant so far no we're dealing with lieutenant so far not arid so far yeah i don't remember if we ever gotten a first name for for lieutenant so far. i'm sure we probably have mm -hmm. but i don't remember it he's it's, just uh, so far it's pocky i think pocky so far it's pocky so far yeah there's no pun there i just thought pocky would be a fun word to say great yeah uh, so he's hanging out on a roof with Shadow Cat, and most of his time is spent just being like, look at those poor bastards. Yeah, my first name is I've Tried So Hard and Come. <sighs> <sighs> it's and God. No, not, no. And that's I've Tried the So Hard and Come. <laughs> that's the song lyrics, but I'm not, I'm just telling you the first name of the character. They're unrelated. I, I'm glad that you seem to think it's a pun of some kind. That's great. Yeah, yeah. good. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go save face somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's watching the mutants and feeling bad about it. The, the transformed and feeling bad about it. Yeah, he's like, they're being chased down streets by the Dracon, mm-hmm. who are mostly just hurting them. It's not like they're shooting at them or anything. Uh, but he's like, look at those poor bastards. Like, there's one of them he can barely even keep up. He's all purple and his legs look all heavy what a poor stupid son of a bitch that is yeah now i kind of feel bad i feel worse for arid than i did previously they hadn't got into how his legs have gotten all thick and gross up until now now i kind of picture one of those unfortunate guys who has like really bad untreated diabetes oh i always after they described his legs as like barely moving whatever i was like oh you've got like elephant legs yeah you just got them thick trunk legs he's got stumpy purple thump legs and that's not what you want no just gonna, he's gonna end up looking like one of them Hulk villains you're supposed to feel sorry for. So yeah, he's all he's all gross and purpley, and apparently it has slowed him down dramatically. He's not as nimble as once he was. Yeah, but he is at least keeping up mostly with the others that are with him. Yeah. Oh, and at this point, we do not know that he is Arid Sovar. We just know he's the big purple lumpy one. Well, I mean, we know he's Arid Sovar. Lieutenant Sovar doesn't know he is Arid. Yeah, he is not seeing his younger brother. He is seeing merely a monster. Yes, a man that he is having pity on. Yeah, he sees this man and pities him. He sees this man, this monster. <laughs> and then this monster turns to him and says, by the way, it's okay to call me Frankenstein. I just <laughs> I just wanted you to know. <laughs> uh, now, they're trying to figure out what to do because the Dracon obviously outnumbered the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sovar's like, all right, there's a twisting area to the street. Maybe I can get someplace and like pick them off a few at a time as they come around the corner and maybe I'll be able to get a bunch before they notice what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point that like just a hand comes up out of nowhere and grabs him. Yeah. He kind of realizes he's been talking to himself. He's like, ah, God damn it. Where'd she go? Well, not my problem. And then she pops up out of the ground and is like, hi there. By the, this is all I do, by the way. I'm very annoying. Oh, man. I'm just going to leave and not be a team player at all. Anyway, yeah. bye. <laughs> so she comes. They're on the like fifth story of a building. And she comes popping up out of the out of the roof and is like, hey, come with me. And, you know, obviously this freaks him out a little bit. And he's like, Jesus, fuck. Okay, whatever. And she grabs him and does the whole, like, I can make whatever I'm touching uh, intangible as well. And mm-hmm. so... They sink through the floor to the bottom level. Which we get a whole ass description of what that's like for him. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, ooh, I can see inside of the stuff that I'm going through when my eyes go through it. Oh, man, I can finally see inside of a dog. <laughs> oh, it's too dark to read. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually because he like sees what the like floor is made of, and he's like, ooh, I can see kind of like a cross section of the floor. But it's dark. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, of course you can't actually see it. There's no light there. Yeah. Duh. And also, what do you, who, who would be impressed? Oh, wow. Look at that. Wood. <laughs> oh, is that plaster? Fascinating. Ooh, I get to see the inside of wood. <laughs> and now the backside of water. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, yeah, so they, they go down to the first floor, and that is... Pretty much all Shadow Cat is there to do. She's like, hey, I scouted ahead, and now I'm going to save you some time in getting to the bottom floor. Okay, bye. And then she just She's drops like, into the floor again. I'm not much for guns. I'll make myself useful. Peace. Yeah, she actually says, oh, I don't like carrying ray guns. And I'm like, okay, I guess because you're 
sure. you, you like being halfway useful. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> All right. So she just disappears into the floor and vanishes again. Yep. And then we took a big break so I could eat a whole lot of Pad Prick King. <laughs> ah, the Pad Prick King. I was very hungry, and, I, and my food arrived, and then I ate, my, I ate my food, and we're back. But through the magic of podcastery... You would not have noticed if not for me suddenly cutting to that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is entirely unnecessary. We could have used the space for a commercial break to tell you all about our great book, but we didn't, so let's just keep going. Uh, so Sovar takes his position in the uh, corner of this room that he is in on the basement, f- or the ground floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's watching them dudes lumber by the the transformed and then the Drakon. Yeah. And they've noticed that, you know, the transformed aren't actually fighting back. Like none of them are using their powers against them or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, Sovar's like, all right, well, I guess it's time to go. And he just takes aim, blasts a dude, he tries to blast a dude. But then that dude falls down. He falls down and his pants fall down. And then he goes boomsies. <laughs> <laughs> he makes oopsie the way Dracons do. A gout of fire from his buttocks. Uh, turns out a hand from beneath the ground has tripsized him. Mm-hmm. And he has fallen on his bum bum. And I'm like, come on, Shadow Cat. Tripping people? That's that's what you got? <laughs> Why don't you just pull him into the earth and leave him there? <laughs> uh, so Sovar takes that opportunity of everyone being distracted to start opening fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well, Shadowcat is, you know, just messing with people. Mm-hmm. And turns out at that point, he was going to get Zappoed, and a Blast-O energy hits uh, one of these Dracon yeah. soldiers. Right as he's about to die, a bolt of hot white lightning crashes over his face. <laughs> uh, the, uh, a Dracon soldier who who is killed by that. Yeah, and yeah. it turns out that the big purple brute is here, and he's shooting lasers from his fingers. Yeah. And, oh, no. Oh, gosh, thanks so far. Now I'm in trouble. One of the transformed has lumbered close to me. I better cross the street so I don't have to talk to him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sir, I don't have any spare change. <laughs> Sovar looks and he's like, oh, no, it's not just a transformed. It's my brother. Mm-hmm. And that makes him redouble his efforts to take out these soldiers. Yes. Now he really wants to protect his unfortunate brother who has become a lumpo. <laughs> And uh, indeed he does. Yeah. And then he addresses his brother and is like, Arid, is that you, my dude? <laughs> well, Arid has apparently succumbed very heavily to the brainwashing of what's-his-face, the guy in charge of all the Jaldi and yeah. Transformed. We haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he's just like, oh, get away from us. We don't need help from you. And I'm like... My dude. I despise you. You're being chased by fucking aliens that are trying to herd specifically you, and your brother shows up and saves you, and you're like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there exactly. You'd think he'd be a little bit into the reunion, but instead he is pissed. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting at least, like, get away from me as far as being ashamed yeah. or I don't want you to get hurt or something, mm-hmm. but him just being like, I despise you. We need no help from your kind. Yeah, it's a very weird moment because ultimately, Arid may have been pretty well turned against the populace of Jaldia at large, but his brother was off planet and he knows that and he's, he's medium proud and kind of a little concerned about his brother being gone. Yeah, he's like, oh, my brother took off and while that 
might not sit great with me and mm-hmm. my folks. Like, at the beginning of the book, when he's thinking about his brother, he's not like, fuck that guy. Yeah, no, this is a He's very... like, oh, I wish my brother could be here to see me become a man. Yeah, you'd think he'd be like, what, Eret? Or whatever your name is. What? My brother? My bro? My broski? But no, he's very mad, and that more or less will end this chapter. Yeah. Uh, Eret's going to take uh, whatever winded companion he was talking to, because they don't mention who it actually is. And It's probably the fast off. one, though. Ah, uh, Probably not, man, because... Fast one's not going to be winded. She's, she's all been, fast. She's been going so fast for so long, and she ran out of golden rings. Yeah, but she has to. Robotnik got her with one of his robo critters. One of them robo critters. <laughs> have you seen the redesign of Sonic for that of movie? Of course I have. He looks fine. Yeah, now he looks fine. He looks fine. And then there's all these people who are like, you better go see the movie now, because that company spent $30 million on fixing him for you. I'm like, well, uh, okay, but... Like, I think they spent $30 million so that their movie wouldn't become an immediate flop and made fun of. Yeah. I don't understand why you think that they did that out of the kindness of their hearts. It's a corporation. Yeah. They were like, (laughs) oh, it is worth the money to do this. Someone did a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah. Also, that $30 million figure was created by opening up a uh, Twitter and saying $30 million in it. There's no research behind that. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I'm some grumpy about that. I, so grumpy. I'm so grumpy. I, I need an outlet for my grumps. Yeah, if only we had some sort of outlet for us to be negative about things. <laughs> some sort of show or something where we could talk about things we don't like about stuff. <laughs> if only that existed. I mean, we only have system mastery positive. We don't have a system mastery pissed off. <laughs> Yeah, let's get our our system mastery negative where it's just us showing up like the worst stand-up comedians being like, hey, you ever see this? I'm real angry about it. I hate that crap. You know what? Men used to be men. (laughs) And Republicans. I'm sorry. You said worst comedians and I pictured Bill Burr in my head. Uh, (laughs) I shouldn't have. It should be Bill Maher. (laughs) Okay. So that was chapter 24. 25, uh, yeah. Crusher is going to go to Picard. Yeah, so Crusher goes to Picard, and Picard's like, ah, hello, what do you need? Because he's very much not in these chapters, really. He's This is his only moment, and he just kind of goes, very well. Yeah, he's just hanging out on the bridge, because mm-hmm. they can't do anything, so he's like, I'm just, I'm just here making sure everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Ah, do you fancy a bit of dead civilization flute playing? <laughs> no, I'm here on business. Ah, very well. A game of Parisi's squares, a cup of Earl Grey, you want to do some yoga? (laughs) Toad in the hole, bangers and mash, Uh, hither and yon, hippity jippity, that little boy sure looks full of blood. (laughs) Okay, so he, (laughs) Crusher's like, yo, uh, Archangel's doing way better than he should be and he wants to come up to the bridge i like that she's willing to use x-men branded language for what's going on with him because mm-hmm. she, she has to be like yeah i, I would have figured he'd be way screwed up but i think something about the techno organic particles that are located in his bloodstream and i'm like come on say, change that to a star trek word you're a star trek side i mean he at least said that's techno organic stuff and yeah. if they had never come across it before then you'd go all right that's the name of it yeah You'd think she'd be like, like those Borg nanoprobes I read about. Or, well, I mean, she does. Verteron particles. 
She's like, ah, he's healing, and the techno-organic stuff might work similar to the way the Borg can just heal themselves. That is true, that she does say that. And then she's like, well, he doesn't have a healing factor like Wolverine does, because I checked his playing card. (laughs) And I know how Wolverine's healing factor works down to the exact detail. But anyway, and he's like, well, hang on, I think you're about to ask me for something I won't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, can, I, can we get you a blood pressure check? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're due in for a prostate. And if we could just... <laughs> if you could just turn your head to the left and cough. <laughs> right here, mm-hmm. on the bridge. No, it's fine, you can do it here. The computer's going to analyze your balls. <laughs> I just need you to turn your head and cough. Don't drop trow or anything. No, this the is com- the future. <laughs> We've got holograms to cup your balls. <laughs> Hello, I'm Robert Picardo. I'm here to cup some balls. <laughs> Uh, I'm the emer- <laughs> emergency ball cupping hologram. Please state the nature of the ball emergency. <laughs> They're all twisted around because of storm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's like, uh, Archangel wants to come up here. He knows about the X-Men and figures he can offer some insight. Oh, like he's the only one who knows about the X-Men. I've collected every comic since 1982. <laughs> No, he hasn't. Colossus is a real bitch. <laughs> oh, no, he has. He has. Okay. Oh, oh he stopped collecting. He <laughs> he started and stopped in a very specific time period. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So he's like, well, very well, as long as he just sits on the bridge. I, I'm like, God damn it, Picard, you let anyone on that bridge. Well, you care. Yeah, don't act like you've got some sort of like, ooh, this is a special sacred area, and only officers are allowed here. Specifically, we know that he is very permissive about the bridge, and Riker is very tight about the bridge. Oh, he's very tight about he, the bridge. It's the only thing he's tight about, if you understand what I'm saying, and I think you do. And I think maybe mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Poops very like, tidy. Poops like a shower faucet. <laughs> All right, so... With, like, multiple holes and just... <laughs> I know I never said Riker was 100% human for sure. I, I think someone has. I don't think... I'm almost certain <laughs> I don't somebody think has said that. I don't think there's a specific episode where they're like, Riker, definitely a homo sapiens from regular degular Earth <laughs> and has a human mom and dad, no question... Just uh, a human. Let me say this into the camera. <laughs> Riker definitely human yeah i don't think that ever needs to be said i think people just assume about him and then they don't assume that he's got a shower faucet butt and it's (laughs) it's their loss it's a shame now if they'd only read my fic (laughs) riker the two rikers and the shower faucet butts Uh, anyway back on we call it tub rikers troy and colossus are uh the duo that are running around now. Great pairing, by the way. Troy because, and Colossus. Because yeah. they don't have anything to say to each other. It's fantastic. I enjoy that with this, Troy is basically using her empathy as a people detector. Yeah, she's using it to track uh, Dracon because Dracon people are inherently grumpy and looking for fights. Yeah, they're all super hyper aggressive and mm-hmm. wanting to beat the shit out of people. So she's like, okay, I can track anyone who's like scared i assume is one of the people that live here yeah and anyone that's running around like oh it's time to go stab a dude is a dracon so i can kind of get a lay of where everyone is she's using her powers way more efficiently than she ever did on the show oh yeah the fact that she was like oh yeah i'm using it as just like sonar i'm just a human detector i was like that's fucking great why did you never do this <laughs> yeah i'm using this as a human col- detector and colossus is like yet there are no humans on this planet not even you. 
This was a stupid thing to say. Yeah, she's well, like, Colossus she's like, is a human. <laughs> no, he's not. He's homo superior. <laughs> he is homo sapien superior superior <laughs> sapien. If there's any humans on the planet, I think it's just random crewmen. Oh, Riker. Yeah, obviously Except we've Riker. already established that Riker is probably not a human because of the butt thing. Because <laughs> of the butt thing. Right. That or it might have just been elective surgery. <laughs> just... <laughs> They're going to call this the Riker maneuver. <laughs> the only joke about Riker, and it's a good one. Okay, so yeah, that uh. she's like, okay, I think there might be some Dracon up ahead. So follow me, you know, huge metal guy man. who's in who's in metal form for as far as I can tell, no reason. Well, because r- disruptors disrupt metal just fine. See, that's I was thinking about this last time for the bonus content. Is I wanted to see if I could find any article on exactly how much punishment that metal could take, mm-hmm. like. Could it stand up to a disruptor blast? I feel like if they were shooting phasers at him, the answer would probably be yes, because phasers are, are, are photon light. They're light beams, which means he could reflect them because he's all shiny. Uh, but <gasps> So shiny. Uh, oh, plus, they'd probably just heat him up. And he'd be like, whatever. I'm So now I'm, you know, hot metal. Uh, Check it and see. Disruptors are like, oh, we, we shake your, ele- your elements till they're gone. So yeah. I, I think he's probably... Like a British nanny, we just shake you till you're gone. <laughs> Like those bat things in Beastmaster, we just shake you till your oatmeal. Uh, that's a great threat, by the way. I'm going to shake you to your oatmeal. <laughs> it only works if you're a weird bat monster from that one scene in Beastmaster. Well, I mean, it only works in that you can follow up on it. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah. You can always make the threat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's a great threat if you if you know someone has seen Beastmaster, and so they're going to be like, and in their childhood, they were real messed up yeah. by that scene. Wait, wait, hold on. that That's striking some horrible... Wait, wait, I don't know why, but that makes me real uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so uh, yeah, he's in metal form, presumably just because, like, in most Colossus appearances in video games, he doesn't not have metal form. Well, also, I mean, you're running around a battle. Yeah, you might if, as well, right? Like, I, even if the Disruptor misses you, you could get shrapnel and whatnot. Like, it's just better to be in the metal form it's not like it fucks him up ish i mean he reflects a lot of sunlight he's pretty much a big target if you're if you're running around and you're like like oh i, I could blend in with all these boring looking jaldians who are so humanish that we have not even gotten a description of what they look like when they don't turn purple oh sure we have they're do, bronze they're skinned. bronze skinned yeah do, do they have ridges Every every good I mean, alien no Star Trek good has ridge a ridge description. Yeah, we were, I'm really waiting on that ridge description. Do they have a? Do they have a, the ridges like a Klingon? Do they have a spoon like a Cardassian? Are they ruffled? Yeah, <laughs> Romulans have ruffled ridges. <laughs> uh so when they finally get to where Troy's like, oh, there's there's some Dracon and some Jaldians up ahead. Mm-hmm. And when they peek around the corner, the Dracon are at gunpoint interrogating some Jaldians. Mm-hmm. And we come in mid-conversation, but the Jaldians are just selling out the Transformed and doing so gleefully. Yeah, they're like, ah, thank God you've come, you you glorious, pustulant wart factories, because you'd be doing us a huge favor if you took all these mutant Jaldians off our planet. Because if there's one thing we like, it's invader aliens that are creepy. But if there's two things we, if there's one thing we don't like, it's creepy other look different, different looking people. Yeah. This is a standard Marvel Comics problem come to glorious life. Yeah, it's, oh, alien invaders are blowing up our city. But boy, howdy, I sure wish you'd get rid of these citizens that got transformed. And this happens all the time in Marvel, too, where you're like, 
Hi, who are, who are you? Oh, I'm the Black Knight. I have crazy laser sword powers, and I can ride around on a cool horse, and everyone you know, at least tolerates and or likes me. And what about you? I'm Cyclops. I can shoot lasers from my eyes. Oh, you're but you're you're a mutant though. You're you're ten times worse. Yeah, I mean, you're just like, but you you don't have a problem with the Fantastic Four. You fucking love them. You'd think every mutant would just be like, oh no no, I'm like a Spider Man. Yeah, it's just, I was bitten by a radioactive laser. Yeah. <laughs> Are you J. Jonah Jameson? No. Okay, great. I was. I'm a. I'm like a Spider Man. <laughs> I'm like a, some kind of a Spider. I'm not a mutant. I'm not. I'm like a Fantastic Four Spider Man or whatever. Look, me Wh- whatever you this, like. This entire group went out into space and we got hit by uh, cosmic rays. And uh, now, we're, now we're this. You know, Thor. It's like that. You like Thor, right? Yeah, we're like we're like that. We're we're gods. Yeah, from some other place. <laughs> you, 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 I wonder if that's ever showed up in the comics where someone at least tried that. I think like, it showed up the opposite direction where people thought Spider Man was a mutant at one point. That wouldn't surprise me. But I can see Nightcrawler trying to pull a move like that they're like ah kill him he's a horrible mutant he'd be like nine i am an alien <laughs> nine shia empire <laughs> they'd be like oh yeah thumbs up for that death bird oh yeah yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. oh okay great feather people those are great carry on citizen <laughs> uh so yeah at this point of course colossus is like these motherfuckers yeah he gets all extra steely in the eyes and he's like i have heard this language so many times from mistrusting humans oh the tovarish the <laughs> bolosh dosh Borscht. i collect blue american blue jeans <laughs> yeah. america number one <laughs> a-okay they will not see me for i am squatting near cigarettes <laughs> uh, so slavic <laughs> uh but yeah he's like isn't this always the way they hate us and we must protect them boy yeah. <laughs> I'm a vampire now. I want to suck their blood. <laughs> One, two, three, dracon. Uh, uh, uh. So Troy's like, well, okay, you should probably hang back because I will laser them with my laser. And he, he goes, just grabs two chunks of a wall nearby and tears them out. And he's like, I am also competent in ranged combat. And she's like, you know, we could have just... The ship's got blasters or, or phasers on it. You could have just had one. Also, I feel like... Ripping the sides of a building out has definitely alerted the Dracon they're here. It's gotta make some noise, right? I mean, we don't find out, because they immediately cut right after he rips the chunks of wall out. Yeah. But I have to imagine he did that. It made a huge <laughs> racket, and the Dracon were like, oh, we gotta go kill people over there. It's cool. It, he got the wall wet first. It was quiet. Yeah, he did. It was quiet tearaway wall. <laughs> he was like, hey, wall, you're looking pretty sexy. Yeah, you know when he pees, it's gallium. <laughs> that's the metal that's liquid at room temperature. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That'd make him extremely... He, if he peed gallium, he should quit being a mutant and just sell the gallium. It, it's extremely valuable. <laughs> <laughs> so valuable. Uh, and uh, then we get Data and Nightcrawler. Uh, hang on. There's one last thing I want to say about the Troy part, because he, he's like, I am also skilled in ranged combat. And then she has to look and nod approvingly and go like, I see you are. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Yeah, you're going to throw house chunks at them. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to you're going to hit a dracon and just just ruin his bones. <laughs> He'll do, pray for death and it won't come. They do not have bones, merely series of fluid-filled sacs and exoskeleton. <laughs> How do you know that? Uh, it is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Mini Russians are same way. <laughs> uh, so 
more of uh, a lot of what we're getting where Data is dealing with his own Dracon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Data is also fighting a Dracon. And he has to mention, while jumping from one pile of cover to another, his artificial body. Well, of course. Yeah. I like that that's how he thinks of his own body. Oh, my artificial body. Mm-hmm. He's just such a Pinocchio. Ah. So he's he's hiding behind a pile of debris and shooting at a Dracon, but he misses, and then the Dracon shoots most of his cover away, so he dives to new cover. Yeah, now, this one isn't quite just the an X-Man and a Starfleet, because Data also has, like, a couple other people with him. Yeah, this is a larger engagement. Yeah, he's got ensigns. He's got a bunch of ensigns, so we can kill some people. Yeah. He's got Saffron and another one. And Bertana. Saffron and Bertana, who are just... Mobile corpses. Yep. They are they are very dead very soon. Yeah, Nightcrawler's here too, so so the two of them are sticking together now. And uh yeah. I'm surprised that Nightcrawler honestly I'm very surprised that they stuck Archangel into uh Sickbay, but not Nightcrawler, who just jumped between ships twice. Like you think No, he jumped once. One, once, yeah, but he took someone with him and it was a really huge jump even for those standards. Um and, and he's still like I'm all tired and weak and I I've got him I uh, you're, you're asking so much of me, Data, and I'm like, why is he even here? Well, because he wants to help. I guess. So they're like, all right, we're not getting anywhere. They've got to sort of pin down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we were to teleport into their back lines, yeah, we could save the transformed that are back there. Yeah, because they can they can tell they're transformed in the building that these Dracon are kind of watching. Yeah, they're, they're like they're like we're trying to get to them, but they're just hunkered down in this building. Yeah, and, we'll, and Nightcrawler's like, well, I could probably teleport you in there, but there's four of us. Zap, zap. Okay, well, I guess we can go. Oh, all right. Yeah, that should be fine then. Uh, so he's like, yeah, can you teleport me in there? And he's like, my God, man, I am. <laughs> you're asking so much of me. Like you're again asking me to teleport somewhere I cannot see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just hope. Come on, dude. I do not get tired. Oh, God damn it, Data. You see, my artificial body. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Hang on, hang on. I have almost gotten to the part about my positronic matrix. <laughs> I will murder you. I will find the button on you that says on and switch it to off. Ah, <laughs> uh, here's your problem. Your data was set to evil. <laughs> and that's how you get a lore. That's how you get lores, yeah. Well, it works. They teleport in there, and there's a bunch of transformed in there, and that turns out to be a problem for them. Yeah, because they're just like, oh, fuck, murder them. <laughs> oh, shit, citizens appearing at random in Starfleet uniforms and V-shaped onesies that point at their dicks. I mean... They're two dicks and three balls. You'd think having someone teleport in in a puff of brimstone mm. and looking like a blue elf with a tail and everything, you'd be like, Oh, that's one of the transformed yeah. would be your first thought. Yeah, that's one of us, right? But yeah. instead they're like, it's an outsider citizen who's here to persecute us. Yeah, like, obviously of, this uh, this Starfleet officer and random person that looks like us is here to stop us. Yeah, so they one of them has the power to create crystal structures and she uses it to build a little no air bubble around Nightcrawler's head. Yep. And then Data's like, hang on, we are actually here to help you. You see my positronic matrix and then they shoot Blap. <laughs> They're like, oh, we believe you. I just need to shut you up. Yeah. Stop talking about your body. Yeah. So he gets zappoed with 
uh, I think just electricity. It's plasma because it's the one thing that would work on him differently than anybody else. He gets zip zapped with some plasma blasts and he's like, ah, oh no, I cannot control my limbs. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're not your enemies shutting down. My strings are cut. Oh, that's the end of that chapter. Yep. Last chapter starts with Dr. Crusher on the holodeck. <laughs> that's right. That is where it starts. So Dr. Crusher has had the brilliant idea that uh, the person that they really need to help them, well, they, she, you know, she activates you know, Crusher Point One or whatever, her holodeck program, and it cr- immediately creates a nice wood-paneled library for her to be in. Well, what it really gives them is the mansion in Westchester. Yes, it gives them the Grey Malkin Academy. <sighs> because she wants to talk to a holographic representation of Professor X that apparently her ship picked up when they passed through that time period and dimension last time. Yeah, they're like, oh, uh, when the Enterprise was in the X-Men dimension, we got files on him or something? Like, I don't understand exactly what it's building a profile out of. Yeah, it's it's a really stupid thing, because it's like, oh, it's based on files and, and uh, research on him that we had during that time period. So the, and, and now she's like, well, I'll create a holographic representation of those files and research, and that way I can use his skills as a geneticist to aid this cause. And I'm like, you didn't get his skills as a geneticist. You got a description of the fact that he had them. Yeah. You could also just say, you know, holodeck, create a guy who is an expert geneticist. The, the other thing is, if you're trying to talk to him to be like, oh, I want to talk to you about like specifically mutants and i want your like i want professor x's particular insights into certain things why do you need a hologram of him if you've got enough information that the computer's like oh i can extrapolate a reasonable facsimile of what professor x is why not just go hey computer what would professor x say to this basically everyone in star trek is so fucking stupid about holograms and it's just it's infuriating. Because like, there's that Voyager episode where they're going to create a holographic nurse to hang around with a doctor who needs to be an expert in one particular type of disease. And and he's like, well, I'm going to base him on this famous Cardassian doctor who was good at that sort of thing. And then a bunch of Bajorans on the ship are like, I won't work with that guy. He's like the Joseph Mengele of Bajor. And there's no point where the doctor just goes, oh, okay, computer, make him a Vulcan. Yeah. <laughs> this- <laughs> It's they're, 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 he's like, no, he needs to be this one card at. No, he doesn't. He has the knowledge of that guy, no matter what you do. Yeah. Just make him a Vulcan and everyone will shut up because everyone's a fucking idiot. <laughs> everyone, the Bajoran guy should be like, yeah, that's a hologram. It doesn't matter what he I mean, sure, you can say it's distasteful. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to in the same way. It'd be like, hey, can you not have Hitler cut my balls and search for a hernia? <laughs> no, it's funny that he has to. <laughs> I, I programmed him to hate that he's doing it. <laughs> I wish I was not doing these. <laughs> yes, cup my non-Aryan balls. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing here. You don't need a whole ass Professor X. Yeah. You just need it. If the computer it, can extrapolate from the information they have, then you can just ask the computer. But instead, we have to make a Professor X for her to talk to and argue with. Yeah, and a Professor X that she specifically programs to not know that he is a hologram. Which is rare. Normally, holograms ignore all the hologram talk. Like, if you start going, like, I'm on the holodeck right now, and I'm eating fake food. And then the holograms who are walking by will be like, by will be like ah, yes, nice day to be out in 1920s America, eh? Yeah. Even then, you'd think you'd be like, oh, computer, also make him aware that he's a hologram 
so that I don't have to fucking deal with talking him into this. There's a point where she's like, hey, we really need your help. And he's like, and why would I help you? And let me point out that doctors do not dress the way you say you are dressed, or you appear to be dressing at this time. You think she could be like, uh, computer, uh, increases compliance by 50%? Yeah. You just be like, computer, make him want to help me. Anyway. Yeah, I, this is stupid. I don't. Why, why am I arguing with this guy? <laughs> I don't need to sit here and convince a facsimile to help me when I can just tell him to help me. Computer, replace them with Clippy. <laughs> uh, Hi there. You appear to be attempting to do genetic stuff. Would you like assistance? <laughs> yes, thank you. There, perfect. Great. Done. Uh, just a Clippy wearing Cerebro. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. In life. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess. Well, she, she convinces him to help. She's like, hey, is it true that you're one of history's, or your history's greatest geneticists and experts on mutant causes? And he's like, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, absolutely. And she's like, well, here's the thing. There's a whole planet on, in our time and dimension and what have you that's experiencing a mutant resurgence right now and i need help to maybe re reverse the mutant mutation and this is the one part where i feel like she <coughs> did tamper with the computer because he's like ah i'm in and not why would you reverse mutation it's a beautiful gift yeah don't do that <laughs> uh, don't take that away from them they're they're a new kind of person and you should cherish them for what they are but instead he's like yeah great let's reverse it fuck it i don't care i'm a computer man yeah great all right sure <laughs> uh yeah, I don't. Again, I it's ah, oh, you're one, you're one of the greatest geneticists. I'm like, no, the computer is. Yeah, the, the computer is the greatest geneticist yeah. now. If if this dude has genetic knowledge, it's because the computer has genetic knowledge, and you could have just stuffed it into Robert Picardo's head and made him show up. Ugh. Activate the EMH. <laughs> huh? Oh yeah, I know a lot about genetics now. Yeah, great. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to sing opera or something because my character is horrible. <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding. The doctor's like the best part of Voyager. It's true. Yeah. So once he is on board, we go back to Data at Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. Data just wakes up in some dark room and is like, oh, boy. I like this, though, because Data straight goes, all right, fuck this. <laughs> all right. You know what? <laughs> fuck everyone. He just walks up to a locked door and is like, shove over, speed over to the person who could do like crystal nonsense, nerve pinch them. Look, assholes. Yeah, it's great. I ain't here to fuck around anymore. Yeah, it's it's rare for Data to pull a move like this. He just kicks a door down, uh, knocks a lady who knocked him unconscious unconscious, and is like, hello, everybody. I am here to help you. If any of you try to blast me, I will stop trying to help you, and instead I will start trying to harm you. <laughs> uh. Now, the one who's like the bad mutants that are, are transformed, whose name we've both forgotten, yeah. uh, is in the room. Is he? Because they don't give his name. They don't say his name, but there's one mutant there, and I think it's because it's from Data's perspective. Because there's one mutant there where he's like, all right, so, well, where's my friend? What's going on? What are we doing? I'm here to help you. And one mutant transformed dude who is, does not look altered in the slightest, unlike most of the others, is like, don't trust him. He's with the outsiders, and he's here to take us away. Do you want to go with the Dracons? Which is what the MO of that guy. Rahatan. Uh, Rahatan, thank you. Rahatan is... He, he's human looking. He, he doesn't have any outwardly visible mutations and he's constantly trying to organize the group. So I think that's him. Yeah. We just don't get his name here. I mean, I also had the thought that it was probably him. It's just, we don't get any confirmation. No, there's no, I'm pretty sure it's him. Uh, it'd be weird for them to introduce another dude who does not have outwardly visible mutations and is a leader of the group. Uh, uh. And then in order to gain their trust, Data gives a nice little monologue about how he, too, 
understands what it's like to be different. Yeah, he's like, you see, I am also different. I, and he opens up like a little port on his wrist to reveal his robo stuff. And he's like, as you can see, I am a robo man. There is no one like me. Except for you. I'm know, alone uh, in the universe. Yeah. Except for Lore and our other brother, who I forget the name of, and the daughter I made. And, you know, probably all those holograms that are running around. They're artificial life forms, too. Yeah, the the fact that he's like, it's me. I'm alone in the universe. And Nightcrawler, too. He is also different. Because fucking look at him. Come on. What are you, idiots? I mean, I'm, I'm impressed that he, at no point do you just go, that guy's a human. Instead of Because at the moment, they could just be assuming that he's from a race of blue-tailed people. Yeah. He's like, that's a human who mutated like you did. Yeah, that'd be the best bargaining chip, and for some reason doesn't seem to try that. He runs entirely off, I'm a robot. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, you should be on my side. Yeah, shouldn't you trust someone who knows what you're going through? Vote for me, Data, 2020. <laughs> uh, and then one guy comes up and just touches Nightcrawler, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I put toxins in him to knock him out. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I neutralized it. It's okay. I'm getting rid of the toxins now. He's going to need to drink a bunch of apple cider vinegar. <laughs> and uh, if you uh, could mix some lemon juice and cayenne, that'd probably... Make sure he's just only drinking juice. <laughs> Wait, is your mutant power that you're irritating on Facebook? <laughs> oh, also, if you want to try my new cosmetic line... <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> Uh, you got the worst mutation. I'm sorry for how unique you are. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you so, know, Nightcrawler wakes up and is like, oh, it uh, looks like you convinced them we're not the enemy. And uh, that's pretty much it. He's like, look, we're going to revive your friend who I just nerve pinched. Go ahead, wake her up. Yeah, get her back in here. I will explain what's going on. And they're like, well, what do you need us to do? And he's like, yeah, if my plan works out correctly, nothing. We should have you out of here in about five minutes. Yeah, we should just leave with you. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And Nightcrawler's just like, well, what did you tell him? I told him the truth. I told him. that I used the power of the truth. I used the power of truth. <laughs> I used the power of song. <laughs> I did a little dance number. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, that's the end of the third chapter. So we've gotten more stuff happening -ish. It's, it's kind of like we just jumped to a new part of nothing happening. It's, it's basically we took the same structure that we had on the ship, yeah. but now also people have lasers. <laughs> now there are both lasers and feelings. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that the story has moved forward. Now we are fighting off an invasion of the Dracon people who are attempting to herd up all these, these transformed. But still, it's just all these, like, not especially threatened mutants and TNG crew members just wandering around on the planet being like, yes, I am a robot. I have robot importance to talk to you about. Ah, that is very interesting because I am a German teleport man and I can talk about that. And he's like, oh, come on, guys, just do the thing. Do the damn thing. <laughs> but, and there you have it. That's, uh, that's what's up. Who knows where it's going from here? I'm kind of missing Riker and Picard in this one. Well, I mean, Riker went off with Storm, so obviously Storm hasn't done anything yet, so you know it's going to be cool. That's true. She hasn't done a single cool mutant power yet, and I'm really looking forward to that a lot. Yeah. I was she, Honestly, she is the biggest weapon in their arsenal. Oh, yeah. I mean, she could stop all these their, their ships from even taking off. She'd just be like, all right, all your ships are frozen in blocks of ice. 
Yeah. If they try and leave, I make ridiculous wins that knock them down. Lightning hits them and fries their circuitry. We're done here, right? Right? Are we done here? Guys? Eh? Yeah. Storm's one of those mutants, though, who's so crazy fucking powerful, and they never really do anything with it. Usually she's just like, oh, no, Sabretooth, gust of wind. And you're like, dude, you could do way better. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do at least like when some writer gets a hold of that, and they're like, Oh, no, she goes over and, like, helps out areas in drought. <laughs> she just, like, oh, I'll use my mutant power to help people instead of, I don't know, shoot a lightning bolt at an idiot dressed up like a tiger. So I'm going to I'm gonna do that. Yeah, there's a few mutants who are, like, you logically build out what their power does, and you're like, oh, shit, you are incredible, and you are wasting your time. I mean, Magneto, for instance. Magneto is a, a big one. Uh, Xavier is another big one. Iceman is yep. a, a very obvious one. You got a lot of people where you're like, man, if you take this to the logical conclusion, you really shouldn't be in the supervillain superhero business. You no. should just do stuff. Cyclops is probably right up in there as well, because effectively, he is a perpetual motion machine for as long as he is alive. He just shoots energy out of his eyes with no cost. Yeah. He's just keep them open and shoot them into a steam turbine or something. And just <laughs> be like, what's up? I'm powering Los Angeles. I'm Cyclops. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, but, but no, instead he likes to put on a blue jumpsuit and, you know, fight a bear guy. Yeah. So that's, uh, but who doesn't, <laughs> I just read an interesting thing about that. You know, that famous, the, uh, it's the Elliot Kalen panel of, uh, Sauron who's like, I don't want to cure cancer. Yes. That's like a great panel, right? Yeah. It's classic. But if you think about it, Spider-Man is the, the same shit. Well, yeah. With the web fluid. Well, that's just web fluid. He's a fucking genius in general. He could do all kinds of awesome things. <laughs> And, and and you're like, but yeah, you, you could also stop punching dudes who have animal costumes on and go help. The- yeah, but I mean, I like being Spider-Man, though. He kind of needs to. He needs to be Spider-Man. It's a psychological thing. No, I mean, like because of because of his uncle. No, I mean, I mean, like, because if he's not, then like Green Goblin's going to blow up the city or some shit. I'm sure. But you can outsource that to a, to, you know, like better pe- people for the like lots of people like who? Huh? Like, p- cops. You'd be like, look, the cops can't stop Green Goblin. Like, eventually, one of them's going to get him with a bullet. Like, one of them will. If you have, like, 80 yeah. cops, and they're just like, all right, just open fire on anyone who's on a flying glider. I mean, same thing with, like, the rhino. I know, He's bulletproof. True. He's yeah. just going to be like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> the rhino's bulletproof except for his face. And no one ever thinks, oh, wait, there's a fucking guy in the middle of that sticking his big, dumb Russian face out the front. Maybe if we just get him right in his Paul Giamatti's. <laughs> Ah, right, the old Paul Giamatti's. I made an emergency medical hologram to cut my Paul Giamatti's. At least the Paul Giamatti version of the rhino had a little shield over his face. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The rhino's face is fine. It's bulletproof. Yeah. Everything's fine. All right, well, there you have it. That's uh, That's been the episode, and uh, we'll see you in a week with yet, or not sooner than that, but with, the, with yet more Expounded Universe content. And if you want to hear more Expounded Universe right away, then don't forget to stop by and check out our bonus stuff at Patreon. That's right. $2. It's all it costs. $2. Give us two of your Earth dollars per episode of System. It's like 4 bucks a month. Give us like 4 bucks a month, and we will give you usually two to four episodes bonus of this shit. And in those cases, what we do is we go to various internet repositories of information about whatever book it is we're reading and we find even weirder shit to talk to you about and then we kind of tell each other stories yeah we just dig into it Mm -hmm. just just tuck in like a fat man at olive garden that's exactly how we do although i've been a fat man at olive garden and i usually don't tuck in so much as i wish i wasn't there (laughs) oh i'll tuck in for the night i'm like uh, here we are at olive garden you want 19 dollars for 10 ravioli you get the fuck out of my house Oh, wait, I'm in your house? 
I bought it. It's my house. Get out. Oh, wait a minute. When I'm here, I'm family? <laughs> All right, I'm staying <laughs> in my house. Am I family who owes you $19? <laughs> yes. For a, this ravioli. Because eat a dick, Ra- <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> no, that's why you get the unlimited pasta pass or whatever. The, which they sell limited amounts of, and they're like 500 bucks. Yeah. I've, I've, done, I've looked into the math at how often you have to eat there to make those things worth it if you get them. And it's like, yeah, you might as well just die. <laughs> you have to eat pasta every day for the rest of the year. Uh, might as well just friggin' die. Just might as I'll, well. Guess I'll die. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us here for our expounded universe. We'll see you on the expanded expounded universe if you're a two dollar donor to our Patreon. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you soon with yet more stories about Star Trek and X Men. We're getting close to the end here, and I have already picked our next Star Wars book. So. Get hyped for the next thing that's coming. Thank you so much. I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do is cut balls in emergencies. (laughs) 